0: Hey guys, I want to start my podcast by telling you about a great way to start your day, Four Sigmatic Coffee. Four Sigmatic mixes 100% Arabica beans with functional Chaga mushrooms to brew a delicious cup of coffee that provides all the benefits of a caffeine boost without making you feel jittery or crashing from a previous sugar high. Enhance your focus, mood, and immune system all in one go. By the way, the Chaga adds incredible nutrition but not any mushroom flavor and four sigmatic sells more than just coffee also protein cacao you know chocolate elixirs super powders and blends giving you a myriad of ways to add a bit of health to your routine my personal favorite is the protein powder cacao flavor i mix it with frozen strawberries and almond milk to make a chocolate smoothie breakfast that fills me up without weighing me down and i'm dead serious I tried several brands of both whey and plant-based protein powders, and Four Sigmatic tastes the best, by far. Try it. If you don't like it, no worries. Four Sigmatic will get your money back. And Four Sigmatic makes it easy to keep the goods in stock with a subscription service that over 100,000 people use today. Sign up for one at go.foursigmatic.com fwcars and get an additional 10% off your first order. That's a total of 30% off your first order and 20% off every recurring order if you head to go.foursigmatic.com fwcars. That's go dot foursigmatic dot slash fwcars And yes, I will have a link in the description. Doing so supports the podcast and supports good health. Kind of nice that it tastes good, too. everyone, and welcome to episode 345 of the Fun With Cars Motorsports Podcast, or episode 7 of 2023. I'm Robin Warner, and today I'm joined by the man who really knows how to party on St. David's Day, Christopher Roche. Hey, Chris.
1: Hey, Robin. It involves leeks and Welsh cakes, that's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Yes, and that
0: that is Celtic for gin and tonic. Um... Today is the last day before our first Grand Prix weekend of 2023. Kind of exciting. And it uh, means that we have to talk about the last bits of things we can talk about before the season begins, which was the three days of testing we saw and the results from it and news, etc., cetera, et, cetera, et cetera.
1: Yeah, well, we've got some exciting news before we get into testing, though. It's really exciting. You're going to like this. I, I'm bated breath. They are removing the chicane from the Barcelona Grand Prix track for this year's race.
0: Ooh, nice.
1: That thing that always stymies any overtaking, you know, even with the DRS down that really long straight. Um, Yeah, they've gone back to the original configuration that was uh, envisaged way before they decided to slow all the cars down for safety. So they're putting tech pro barriers on the... uh, on the Armco, on the outside of the of the track there near the chicane. So we'll, we'll re- eliminate that fiddly right, left, right uh, chicane sequence and uh, just have a nice sweeping double right onto the straight. So hopefully that will improve racing at Barca, which will be good.
0: That's brilliant. Yeah, I was nervous you were going to say they we were going to replace it with sprint qualifying. <laughs> so that's a relief as much as anything. Um, the other news is, is kind of sort of, Before and after uh, the preseason testing, Uh, Lance Stroll will take part in the Bahrain Grand Prix this coming weekend. Apparently, his wrists are healthy enough that he's going to jump in the car despite missing all the testing the previous week.
1: It's good to see Lance picking up things from Fernando so early in their relationship together. Because remember when <laughs> Fernando fell off his bike and had to miss a Grand Prix? Well, Lart has emulated that, and he apparently fell off his bike. So it's looking good, that relationship.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. They're uh, two peas in a pod, those two. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can't think of any differences between them. <laughs> but, yeah, so we, we have some questions to ask. All these questions will be answered in just a few days' time. But there was some interesting things that came out of the previous week of testing in Bahrain. And I was wondering where you wanted to kick it off.
1: Um, Well, I think in general, you could say that uh, Formula One's reached new heights of extraordinary reliability. I mean, I remember the days not not that long ago, maybe even three or four years ago in pre-season testing where – you know, half the teams would struggle to complete serious running on the first day because they were uh, all going through teething problems. And uh, whilst a couple of teams did have some issues, I mean, the number of laps completed in general is incredibly impressive. These cars, these teams and, and have adapted very well to, to the lack of uh, in-season and pre-season testing. Um, it's extraordinary, actually.
0: It's absolutely true, and that is despite the fact that these cars are incredibly complicated. And, you know, the procedures just to get them started is awfully long and involves quite a lot of computer code. So the fact that there was as little teething issues as we saw was quite impressive. Um, But I have to say the team that made me the happiest to see doing so well and so much was Williams. They were they were in the mix and they were completing a lot of laps and <laughs> with an American behind the wheel, no less.
1: 439 laps they completed between uh, um, Logan Sargent and uh, uh, Albon, Alex Albon. So, um, I agree. I'm not sure, uh, you know, certainly heady, heady stuff compared to <laughs> when Paddy Lowe was at the helm. Technically, uh, where they actually missed the first few days of testing entirely. So, yeah, good result for Williams. Uh, the um, yeah, I think the pace was a bit mixed, wasn't it? I think one lap qualifying pace, they're not looking uh, that strong, but race pace seems decent. So, they certainly think they've made some progress with the car. Um, but uh, but it's not going to transform their position necessarily. It might just make them a bit more competitive in the midfield. But,
0: absolutely. But that in and of itself would be a massive achievement compared to where they've been in the recent past. You know, what were we thinking about? 2014, 2015 was the last time where Williams was truly competitive and looking like anything approaching front runners. Yeah. And uh, here we are with them properly in the mix again after just one frustrating season after another. So, there's hope there, and I, I think that's really important to point out and really important to encourage.
1: Oh, I agree. I thought the car the car looks neat. Uh, you know, it looks nice in its blue livery. Uh, I love the the Duracell sponsorship with the the copper windings above the airbox. Really, some lovely details there. Um, the um, you know that they've got uh, you know Alex did very well last year. Um, they've got a new um CEO haven't they from uh, Mercedes-Benz uh, what's his name I forgot his name now um, but he's just taken his position he was at Mercedes for for many many years and uh, he's now looking for a new technical director um, Dalton Capital seemed to be uh, interested in in uh, you know long-term uh, investment so I, I do agree it does look um, it does look like things are moving in the right direction.
0: Yes, and I think it is it is since you bring it up, it is worth pointing out that there is a new uh, CEO, but you know uh, what we're seeing on track is the product of Yosh Capito's work, to be fair, Yosh Capito and his team and uh, so he would des- he should deserve at least some of the credit for uh, this relative improvement in performance for this Williams. I think that's important to point out.
1: Oh, I agree, yeah. The um, the car definitely reflects his and uh, FX de Maison's work um, from last season. But there was some problems uh, with everything at Williams. I think there's been a lot of... Uh, uh, James Vowles is the guy's name. So James, James uh, took up his post just recently uh, with the blessing of Toto Wolff. And um, they are, uh, you know setting a new direction, I guess there was a lot of, I think we talked about this on the pod, right? There was a little bit of unhappiness between sort of Joost uh, and some of the team last season. There were some signs that all were not was not well, even though he had done some things that certainly seemed to improve matters at Williams. But, certainly. Uh, but yeah, definitely. It's. Um, I agree. I like your optimism. Let's keep going with that.
0: Thank you. Of course. Of course. Mr. Optimist. Glass half full, etc., cetera, et cetera. Um So I think we should move to the front of a field. Um, And uh, it seems like Red Bull hasn't really missed a beat. Uh, They seem to be humming along just fine. But there does seem to be some quiet confidence in the Ferrari garages as well. Both teams, uh, Ferrari more so than Red Bull in fact, seem to have a pretty darn impressive testing program and got a lot of work done. Yeah,
1: I think... It's fair to say that most people, most observers felt Red Bull were extremely strong. Uh, So on all three days, low fuel, high fuel, different tyre compounds. And with both drivers, Red Bull looked extremely strong. Uh, They got a very evolutionary car. Uh, It was the quickest in the field last year. And it looks like it's probably going to maintain that advantage into at least the start of this season. Um, And um, Max Verstappen looks very, very happy. So, yeah, formidable uh, proposition for the rest of the nine teams but yeah i mean i like the fact that ferrari and mercedes are both stuck with their car philosophies um and uh ferrari appear to have addressed some of the weaknesses uh of their car from last year obviously they had reliability issues with the pu so they've uh, they've fixed that so they should be able to have the the more powerful uh Unit that, uh, but a reliable unit. You know, it was the Ferrari was very very quick early on in the season before they started blowing up on a regular basis. So they had to uh-huh. detune it. That's now been corrected, so they should have more power and better straight line performance. Um, and then they've obviously been trying to work on their their tire deg woes from last year. So they think they've made some uh, some changes that will will improve that. And and they've hired a new strategist. So it's all looking good for Ferrari. <laughs>
0: There you go. Exactly. What could go wrong? New strategist equals better strategist. No faults there. Everything would be 100%, um, as the new strategist would say, I'm sure. the um, The Mercedes team, they seem to be in a much better place than they were compared to last year. But they did have a gearbox blow up, or at least hydraulics tied to the gearbox, perhaps it was, on day two. And they did not have as clean run running testing program as Mercedes, uh, as Red Bull or Ferrari. But it certainly seems a massive step forward compared to last year. So what do you think there? Do you think Mercedes is going to be in the mix?
1: So one thing that was kind of an odd feature of the car launches this season was um, a lot of honesty. Um, so, <laughs> so teams actually saying what they really think and what their real prospects uh, seem to be. And it was a, it was definitely a factor at Mercedes and, it, and particularly at McLaren, who were quite downbeat on their prospects. Um, well, we're
0: going to get to them. <laughs> we are,
1: but it it was it was odd. I, to have teams launch their new car and sort of go, yeah, we're not that optimistic. I mean, that's not normally the way it goes, right? Everyone normally says, it's going to be wonderful, we're going to be champions, and then, you know, obviously at the first race, cold uh, reality yeah. uh, comes to light. But the, I think with Mercedes, they've stuck with the narrow side pods. Um, they think they've addressed the porpoising. They've made the mechanical changes necessary so they can they can get the, the rear suspension to work with with the rest of the car which is uh which all sounds positive i think uh, there's still work to be done and i think their expectation is that they won't necessarily be able to challenge for wins right at the start of the season but they expect that with development they should get there so maybe one winter wasn't entirely enough for them to close the gap but they they think that they, they should get there at some point, uh, and they think they'll get there at some point this year which will be Good, obviously I think the car itself just looks so much better it just looks more resolved and a lot cleaner than last year's car which mm. always looked a bit of a pig's mm. ear, to be honest um, and uh, yeah I mean they, they certainly seem to have a little bit of pace uh, at times um, you know certainly not quite as maybe as much as Red Bull and Ferrari or even Aston Martin but they certainly uh, they cured the porpoising so that's definitely um, that's definitely a good thing and now they can chase pace and, and hopefully close the gap
0: Well, and Lewis Hamilton, uh, one quote that definitely stood out for me that he said was, we're working, basically, you know, it wasn't perfect, but the foundation of this car is there, basically. It's like, this is a platform they can work from, was essentially uh, what we were getting from that. So, it'll be interesting to see how development occurs over the year. You know, that's the next big question, because... That's a combination of who has that foundation that they can build from and who is smartest with their money that they can spend it in the most effective ways since we have the budget cap to worry about. So that's going to be really fascinating. But you segued perfectly well. There's a lot of buzz around Aston Martin and a fair amount of buzz around Alfa Romeo as well.
1: Yeah, Aston had a pretty feisty launch. They came out swinging, saying you know they have a lot of optimism and expectation for the season, and um, obviously they've got uh, Alonso there now, who's pushing hard to uh, try and get his uh, third championship, <laughs> or at least the. Well, I, win. I
0: mean, <laughs> Alonso's Alonso's days are numbered. I don't think he has much more than ten years left in the sport at this rate. So. I mean, he's he's going to be the guy that's racing the kids of people he used to race when he first started. He's <laughs> he's just going to keep going. But anyway, I digress. Yeah, it, it, but as opposed to the big talk that we heard from Lawrence Stroll from the beginning, almost uh, back when uh, Vettel first started with the team. This time around, you know, so far again, testing you have to take with a grain of salt, but. This time around, it does seem like their performance and their reliability is a lot closer to uh, the words they're saying. It, it, seems, it seems to be ringing true thus far.
1: Well, it is testing, but, yeah, they, their pace um, did... Well, Alonso and Djokovic Dro- were the guys out in the car because of Stroll's uh, cycling misfortune. But, um, yeah, the pace looked good, and other teams were impressed. And so it does look like Aston Martin have made a big big step forward, Um, And whether or not they're the third quickest team, as some people are projecting, I I think we'll obviously find out this weekend, but, um, but apparently the long run pace um, was particularly impressive. Um, And Hey, I mean, fantastic. You know, we all, uh, Lawrence Stroll has invested an awful lot in that team. uh, And obviously he, he wants results, but it would be wonderful for, for this team based at Silverstone. That's come in many guises, um, were you know to be successful and to lead the midfield? I mean, why not? It'd be great fun to see Alonzo up at the sharp end, uh, battling it out as he has you know occasionally, as he did last year for Alpine when he put it on the front row in Canada, and um, you know it'd be wonderful. So um, yeah, I'm very excited about it. Uh, good for Aston Martin if they've really managed to make such a sizable step um, and leapfrog all their other midfield. Um, opponents like McLaren and, and Alpine. Uh, yeah, it'll be, be remarkable. So very excited to see if they can actually deliver that pace at a Grand Prix proper.
0: And and what of uh, Alfa Romeo? It, they seem to be uh, on an upward trajectory as well. It seems like some of that Audi money is already taking effect and already helping them nudge up the field of, a bit to build up to Audi's proper engagement with the team in 2026 like we're already seeing uh the team has already seen some benefits of that
1: well they were funny last year weren't they because they they did have some they were strong early strong at, at times yeah yeah um so maybe you know whether or not they are able to capitalize on on the inherent goodness of last season's car and 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 move forward and and be more consistent this year. I think that's really the key, isn't it? That they they clearly had a turn of pace at times at certain tracks and certain conditions. Now, can they uh, be more consistent and put a real midfield uh, uh, you know, effort together and, and get closer to the front front three or four? That that's really the the question for me. But uh, yeah, I don't think the the reasonable pace should surprise anyone because they they certainly demonstrated that last season. I and I think it's. To to the point about Audi, uh, I think I think it's uh, and Andrea Seidel now being there. I think it's too too soon. Uh, it'll probably help over time, but I I don't think uh, that's that's really what's uh, helped them have a, a positive testing performance. I think um, well we'll see evidence of that as as you know as the season wears on, or in next year or, or the subsequent years. Honestly,
0: No, I actually have a theory about that, and. I think one of the components, one of the contingents of the uh, partnership with Audi was that Sauber or, you know, Alfa Romeo, Lauren, uh, Orlin, I'll get there. There it is, Uh, had to give Audi credit for every positive thing that happened leading up to full ownership for the sale to actually take place. It's like, so we start getting credit for things immediately, even though we don't actually fully partner until 26. I think that was, that was one of the clauses in the contract. Yeah. So. Um, um, all right. So we've, we've, covered, we've covered quite a few teams, talked a lot of positive things. Now we're starting to get into some of that gray area slash murkiness a little bit. It wasn't rosy for everyone. But I do want to start with one more positive thing. Loved seeing Nico Hulkenberg in preseason testing with a not ridiculously sore neck. Loved seeing him talking positively about being back in the sport, and really hopeful that we get to see some of the good, some of that good Hulkness that uh, we've come to see as a super sub. Let's see if he can. Translate that in uh, in his full-time racing again. I'm really looking forward to that. But I'm kind of out of the positive, positive things to say after that.
1: Well, I don't think it has had a bad test. Did they? I think they uh, they, they did some decent running. They got in you know, over 400 laps. I think uh, both Magnussen and, and Hülkenberg uh, were saying the right things, the positive things about the car. Um, so... You know, are, you, are we expecting a team the size of Haas to suddenly, you know, leap up and be a title contender? No, not really. Are they uh, have they progressed enough to to solidify their position in the midfield and not slip backwards? It looks like they have, um, and so from there, you know, just like Magnuson did at times last season, you know, they might be getting a few Q3 uh, qualifying session appearances and, um, you know, getting getting a reasonable haul of points. So I, I don't think it looks. Uh, bad for has at all um i did chuckle at the comically small pit wall uh, uh that they they plan to use this year they've cut their numbers down to three only three people will be on the wall during a grand prix including Steiner. <laughs> um, and they're claiming it's going to save them some absurd amount of money like half a million dollars this season um mm. to which they can rein- reinvest elsewhere to develop the car so um so yeah, we're going to see some interesting developments here in terms of how, how who, who wants to deploy money in you know in different areas of their operations. Um, has has decided that you know people on the pit wall aren't really that necessary. So, uh, <laughs> which is an interesting approach. The funniest thing about that. Very interesting. I, I find is that Gunther's one of the three. I mean, to me,
0: <laughs> surely well, no one f bombs like Gunther. Come <clears throat> on, that that moves mountains. <laughs> So uh, yeah, but it's it's interesting. It is definitely definitely interesting and certainly uh, certainly a storyline to keep our eye on. But uh, you know, you're talking about them being in a, in the mid pack and occasional Q three performances, and I don't disagree with that. And yet, it's like, well, who who isn't going to be front or mid? Th- I mean, we're running out of people that won't be in the mid pack. Do you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Because <laughs> who do we have left? We have AlphaTauri and McLaren. Are, are are those ninth and tenth in the championship now? Well, and, and I mean, or an Alpine? I mean, so where are those three? The ones that we're, I mean, McLaren. They've been you know strong these last couple of seasons, but not going in the right direction necessarily. And this is not the start you want to have if you want to start getting momentum back.
1: Yeah, so I think those three teams probably had the weakest tests. Um, McLaren ran the fewest laps, just 312. Uh, they had a lot of problems with those funny little um, front wheel flaps or, or um, spats, whatever you want to call them. Those, those things that arch over the front wheel, they, they wouldn't stay on. They had to keep rebonding them, uh, which limited their running. Um, they, they seem very depressed about the state of the car they've delivered and are already planning a big upgrade. It's not looking good at McLaren. Uh, Lando Norris didn't seem that chuffed. Um, so oh,
0: God, no. He, he That was the worst I've... You know, in terms of his attitude, his approach, that was the most downtrod I've seen him perhaps ever.
1: Yeah, so they, they could definitely be uh, towards the back. Um, Alpine seemed extremely confident, uh, despite the fact that uh, their running was... Uh, wasn't that great either? They did a few more laps than McLaren, but worse than all of the rest of the teams, and and they weren't that quick. But uh, apparently, everything looks great. So, who knows with LP? And, uh, well, I think
0: they'll definitely have the best food in the paddock. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I'd have a really hard time arguing with French food. So lots of eggs, lots of cream, really good baguettes um i'm i'm sure i'm sure the croissant will be fantastic in the mornings i listen take the pauses where they come glass half full
1: yeah so you know they they were quick at times last season and they they finished 4th in the constructors championship so it would be a surprise if alpine and mclaren slipped uh To the back of the field, Um, and so. But wasn't
0: Alpine the team with they? They kept having trouble with keeping their side view mirrors attached, right? They kept having to reinforce them.
1: Oh yeah, that's a bizarre mistake. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of weird uh, things going on at both of those teams, to be honest. But uh, you know, that's why it's testing, isn't it? I, I don't know what some people think. They they seem to think that these teams should rock up, run. Metronomically for three days show fabulous turns of pace um, well actually no it 's testing right so you you 're looking at your airflow and getting correlation to your wind tunnel and your cfd and yeah, you 're running your flow vis and you 're trying some some, maybe some, some bizarre ideas or, or setups that you, you aren't really feasible to run during a Grand Prix weekend. That's what you, you're doing at testing. You're going through your program, you're collecting your data, you're not trying to impress anyone. So I think uh, maybe sometimes we expect too much um, of these these types of uh, tests. But, uh, but certainly on the face of it, those two uh, teams seem to be starting the season on the, on the back foot a little bit. Alpha Tauri is, is very interesting, though. Um, they just seemed slow. Uh, they, they actually, the long-run pace were the slowest of all 10 teams. Um, one lap pace seemed a little bit better, but they just seemed to be struggling. Um, so they may be the team that is the laggard uh, this season. And uh, the fresh Which the
0: would route. be ironic if Red Bull did prove to be as strong as they looked, at that the two Red Bull teams would be the bookends.
1: Yeah, of,
0: uh, that would not make uh, that would not make everyone happy.
1: Interesting rumors that the team might be put up for sale as well, and that uh, Red Bull might be willing to divest of, of, of uh, their junior team. Um, and uh, you know, th- as we talked in the, in the last uh, couple of podcasts, you know, there's plenty of suitors out there that might be might be interested in buying um, AlphaTauri, but that now has been. Uh, refuted. Apparently, Red Bull has no such intention. But the the rumors are out there, and they were swirling around quite uh, uh, quite strongly. So um, every yeah.
0: rumor in Formula One is refuted until a couple of weeks later when it's made <laughs> official. I, so that has absolutely zero bearing. Uh, but it, it would be interesting because it has seemed to be a fairly a healthy advantage for Red Bull to have a junior team to be able to play around with four drivers instead of two or, you know, six drivers instead of four if you want to include reserve. And also being able to fiddle around with different technologies and then swap them between teams. I know there's some regulation there, but certainly those two still talk to each other. And I don't know, I I find it hard to believe. And not to mention to have to be able to double the amount of data you get from your in-house powertrains coming online you know that's a huge huge thing as well but uh anyway uh, it's it's going to be really interesting to see um we do have you know Alpha Tauri does have one of our incoming rookies um you know and one I'm quite excited to see and uh you know it, <laughs> and and they're, and they're uh their now senior driver is whatever, 21 or 22, ironically enough. So uh, it's going to be interesting. But, yeah, I'm, I, I, I always like Sonoda, and I'm very excited to see how Nick DeVries runs. And uh, so that part of it's really exciting. But, yeah, not having their performance, because they've, they've been pretty consistently a mid-pack team these last several seasons. If they start to fall backwards, that's that's troubling.
1: Well, and you wonder why there isn't a little bit more assistance coming from from Red Bull, who seem to have cracked these these new era regs and the and the big underfloor designs. Uh, every, you know, every team uh, seems to be emulating the Red Bull design to some degree, with the exception of Ferrari and Mercedes. Um, so, why Tauri can't? Uh, and get a bit more assistance and unlock the secrets behind how to make uh, you know a quick car under these regs. It, it would be odd, especially if they have the same PU as the as the Red Bull. Um, Very So, true. so yeah, it, it. I think what I'm excited about, and and what you can kind of conclude from from testing so far is that you know maybe we're not going to just have a standard pecking order for the whole of 2023. That hopefully what we'll see is that different teams, different drivers will be performing better at some grand prix and and others will perform better at other grand prix and we'll actually have a slightly more mixed um more almost more random performance from from race to race and we'll see different drivers in the top 10 and hopefully a few different drivers on the podium and that's really what we we always wanted wasn't it a bit more uh, closer um performance between the cars and teams and um and the possibility that there'll be more racing and the drivers that do best you know win out that's that's so i'm kind of optimistic that that might be happening that the new rules and the and the budget cap is starting to bring the teams closer together
0: well i would i would count that as a minor miracle if it does indeed happen and that would be a wonderful wonderful thing so uh uh three cheers to that potential is is there anything else you want to discuss before we make some predictions because we got to make some predictions
1: <laughs> do we do we gotta
0: yeah we gotta it's it's in the it's in the contract, it's part of the Audi contract with uh, Alfa Romeo. I I don't know how we got roped into it, but we're part of it. So,
1: you've given me absolutely zero notice that I have to make predictions, Robin. That seems slightly unfair. I, 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 it's
0: I, when tell me, Chris, when have I ever been fair? When when did I ever give you any illusions that I play fairly? All right, what are we predicting? All right, well, I'll tell you I'll tell you what. I will tell you what we're predicting and predict it first so you can bounce off my uh, my predictions and sound much smarter as a result. Not hard. Who's going to be world champion in 2023? Drivers and constructors. I think that Ferrari will be constructors champions this year. I wow. think that there is enough... Going Ferrari's way and their quiet confidence and everything else, I think that they might have actually just really sussed it out just so. And I think they've got a really strong driver pairing in Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz Jr. And despite all that, Lewis Lewis, (laughs) Lewis Hamilton will become the first and only eighth-time driver's champion in 2023. Bold, big predictions. Boom!
1: That's um, that's brave. That is a brave prediction right there. Um, I don't see Ferrari winning a, a title driver or constructors this year, to be honest. Uh, so I will... Well, we agree halfway. We're uh, halfway in agreement there. I do like a Hamilton prediction for his eighth title, though. I do like that one. Yeah. Um, but yet somehow I think it's going to be Max and Red Bull. <laughs> I think you know pragmatically you have to you have to say that they're the red hot favourites uh, to to go uh, back to back or back to back to back for Max and, um, and the titles. Um, but yeah, I'd love Hamilton, I'd love Hamilton and Mercedes to uh, to get the wins and get him a championship. But yeah, it's going to be Max and Red Bull, I'm afraid. All
0: right, one last prediction to make who is going to win the Bahrain Grand Prix coming up in just a couple of days, three days time. And I will give you the answer. This is not a prediction. This is simply what's going to happen. It will be Fernando Alonso will take the checkered flag and put Aston Martin to victory right off the bat, throw everybody for a loop, throw everybody off their game, and then we've got a stirring championship ahead of us. Alonso is hungry. He loves Aston Martins, and he's showing real promise in this test. And Lance, Lance Stroll's wrist will hurt too much to fight him, even if, even if they're trying for a 1-2. So it will be Alonso that wins the Bahrain Grand Prix.
1: Well, I certainly like the idea of Alonso and Max Verstappen going wheel to wheel. I think that would be uh, wildly entertaining. Um, I'm going to say George Russell. There you go. We haven't mentioned him ah! There so we let's go. Say George sneaks through the melee to somehow sneak a win for Mercedes.
0: He is awfully English. He is the Englishest Englishman there. I would say.
1: <laughs> um, who's going to come last then? I'll, I'll spring a. I'll spring a. Uh, Ooh. Prediction on you. Who's going to be last in the drivers and last in the constructors championship? <laughs>
0: Oh, in the championship.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. okay, that's...
0: Uh, okay. Um, I'm going to... Oh, all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer in a way that will be a little bit unsatisfactory to you, but this is how I'm going to answer and you just have to deal with it. It will not be Williams and it will not be either Williams driver. Williams drivers that are last in the championship. Williams is going to be somewhere up there, not 10th.
1: Well, that's... Uh, yeah, I like that. I, I suspect... Um it might be Haas again, actually, despite my optimistic <laughs> comments from earlier. <laughs> 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 I think Gunther Stein is going to make all the wrong strategy calls from his three-man pit pit wall. <laughs> and, uh, it's not going to work out well. Um, all, the, all the F-bombs.
0: Uh, despite all the F-bombs, you're not going to give them a chance, huh?
1: No. And let's have uh, – I don't know. Let's have – De Vries being last in the driver's championship. Oh, come on. <laughs> the Dutch could bookend it. We'll have Max at the front, De Vries at the back.
0: <laughs> well, there you are, the bold predictions that are 1,000% true. There's no way we're going to be wrong about this. Well, Chris will be wrong, but I won't be. And um, that is it for now. We've got a fantastic 23 race formula one season ahead of us and that's just formula one we also have a 17 race indycar season coming and starting on the exact same weekend same day in fact that's on top of the fantastic in some imsa and WEC racing we have coming up so 2023 is going to be a fantastic season of racing i'm really excited about it also i do want to thank again for sigmatic i do truly love their stuff And really, really hoping that a few of you have given them a try and uh, picked up that subscription because you agree, it's good stuff. And of course, I do have a YouTube channel. My most recent video is on a brand new trim of Toyota Tundra that they're working on called the Trail Hunter. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays in the market. This is very much the opposite of going green, going EV, all that kind of stuff. Ironically enough, it might be hybrid only, as I say that. But most of all, I want to thank you for listening. Please take a moment to review us on iTunes or on whatever platform you get our podcasts. Please leave comments on the episode of your choice by going to funwithcars.com. As always, I can be reached at feedback at com And tweet us at fun underscore with underscore cars. Oh, Chris, 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 Chris. Chris. Happy St. David's Day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you, Robert. Good to you, mate.
0: I'm Robin Warner. Goodbye.